Welcome to Read It and Weep Show, the podcast where we ask you to come and read your old writings. That's right. We want to hear things that you wrote before you graduated high school or anything that you wrote that you have at least 10 years separation from. On today's show, we're going to hear from my good friend, Zachary Shea. If you're a fan of our other podcast, you have undoubtedly heard a lot of stories from Zachary. At Madison Story Slam, Zachary has a reputation of telling stories about, you know, well, his sex life. Well, needless to say, this piece that he's reading today from elementary school is not about his sex life. But before we get to his piece, let's take care of just a little bit of business. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Apple Podcast app. That really helps a lot. If you enjoy the content and you're someone who wants to show appreciation and pay for the content, you can visit patreon.com slash show. That would help us out a whole lot. And then finally, if you have something that you want featured on Read It and Weep Show, if you want to be a guest and read your piece... You need to email readitandweepshow at gmail.com and we'll get you on. All right, that's the business. Now here's Zach. So, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am an aspiring writer here in town, held back mostly because my writing is garbage. Um... That's Zachary Shea. And don't let his false humility fool you. He's actually a great writer. At least I assume so, because he tells great stories all the time on Madison Story Slam. As we're going, we get to a moment where she grabs me and she throws me off and starts to masturbate. Okay, so to be fair, this was the first, like, live masturbation I've ever seen another human being perform. So maybe I don't have a good sense of this, but it seemed really violent. Like, her hands were moving very fast. It was like watching, like, a really professional piano player hit the same key. Now, on Zach's piece today, I promise there is little to no masturbation. But you never know because after all, Zach did write it when he was 10, and we all know how 10-year-olds are. So when I was a kid, I I was very... I was a, big dork and I was really creative but I didn't know necessarily at the time that I wanted to be a writer so when I got this project I guess something in me just sort of rolled with it that wouldn't have otherwise um and I just really wanted it to be great but I also totally was ripping off one of my favorite writers as a kid Dr. Seuss <laughs> So here's Zach reading a picture book he wrote in fifth grade called The Craziest, Wackiest, Silliest, and Most Out-of-Control Family You've Ever Seen. 
one last little fun fact as I go on to the, uh, the title page, because 10-year-old Zach knows that books has title pages. He does not know why, um, but he knows that they do. Uh, the original title was apparently the craziest, wackiest, looniest, silliest, and most out-of-control family you'd ever seen. Oh, God, am I not speaking loud enough? I'm glad I cut out that word. That seems like a bit much. All right. To my just-as-crazy family, there once was a kid named John whose friends would laugh because his relation was not the regulation you would find in the average household. Avrig. And I've got a picture here of, it looks like a young, an upset boy being laughed at rather maliciously by another young boy at a school. And the son is wearing sunglasses. I do not know why the son would need to wear sunglasses, but it is. For instance, the twins, one Finn and Origin, wear not quite regular at at all. For Finn and both had beards, and for babies, that's quite a weird thing. There's no period. <laughs> Additionally, it does look like it is a pair of twins conjoined at the feet, maybe, who have beards. Young Zach actually fancied himself more an artist than a writer. He was always one of those kids who, when he would draw or whatever for art class, all the other kids would be like, oh, Zach's doing a really good job. And it was one of the few sources of positive reinforcement. So I bet when I went into this, I was thinking, oh, these pictures are going to be amazing. And looking back, they are a fever dream. Some of them are just so bizarre and colored in such a way that they're either impossible to figure out what's going on or they're just so abstract and odd like at the end of the book there's just these heads floating because apparently I couldn't be bothered to draw them bodies and the heads are motioned as if the bodies were there but they just look like heads floating and falling in an infinite void it's terrifying so I am glad that that line of thing like, that I eventually gave up on art John's cousin Bigfoot and his brother Big Hand don't seem to belong in the family. And in this picture, I've got what appears to be a large hairy creature with hands that, upon initial viewing, I was actually quite proud of. Um, and I mean, when I got this book in the mail, I was quite proud of 10-year-old Zach. There is one brother, or is it a sister, 10-year-old Zach was not as up on his gender politics as he could have been, apparently, called Halahu? I don't even know how to pronounce that. If you could take a close look, then you will see he's not what you'd expect in the family. This is terrible. Um, Zach knows kind of what good authors sound like, but not really. So he's copying the cadence of a Dr. Seuss book in a lot of places, but he forgets to rhyme at the end of the second line. Like he preps the first w rhyming word and then it just goes off into something else. 
And I'm not sure what the picture is exactly or how to describe it. It looks like a bad Dr. Seuss knockoff of some sorts. Giller, G-I-L-R. The Glap, Glop, I don't know if that's an O or an A, lives in a glass and does nothing but gamble, gamble, gamble. It's got dark. All right. There is his sister, Mary, who is 333 years old. And based on the picture, no, she is not. She is dead. Um, also, her tombstone just says the word expired, which is not what you write on a tombstone. So the, the, the book is a little bit, I would say, it's part write what you know. And what I knew was that I came from two big families, particularly my dad is one of 11 kids, and a lot of them lived within close enough proximity, at least when I was young, to see each other every week. So I always, I had a lot of experience in this big house that was very lived in. You know, even for a biggish house, it wasn't the size it needed to be for 11 kids. And it's also part, you know, what, Zach's drawing a picture book. What picture book authors does he know? Like I said before, who can he riff off of? I think almost all writing done to an extent uh, by young kids and teens is ripping off the stuff they like for a long enough period of time until they get sick of it. Why does he gamble so much? I think alliteration must have been part of this project because there's a lot of alliterative sentences. It's not indicative of anything darker in my life. I think probably the worst thing in there is that he thinks, well, maybe I'm adopted and that makes it okay. You know, if you're going to read an, an, into any line, I would read into that one. Oh, God. I think I just didn't want to color it, so I made her a skeleton. That had to have been it. Froom is always in his room. Zach couldn't think of a word that rhymes with room, apparently. And Ched, C-H-E-D, who sleeps under his bed. And although it says it's his bed, I would like to point out in the picture, there's also someone in the top of the bed. So there's a little bit of confusion about whose bed this is. Unless his is John. Chelsea is not as normal as you think. Let's see if you know how. And in the picture... The, the woman clearly has quite a bit of hair, and I think that's supposed to be a comb, but it really comes across as a handsaw, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. His Aunt Jill can be a real pill. She's a real pill. The joke, is, the visual gag is she's a pill, guys. The only way his friends are allowed to stay over is if they get permission from their, T-H-E-R, parents five weeks in advance. It embarrasses him, though, when they do stay because they're usually prepared. And again, prepared means they brought a tank, <laughs> which is confusing again. It's a very colorful tank, though, too. That is quite a lovely tank. I'm proud of it. 
Okay, this is my favorite page in the whole book. There is no fun anymore. And in the picture, I don't know what that is. There's clearly a checkerboard, but I don't know what that is above. It's some sort of abstract image. Also, for those of, who, those of you who do know me and have read my writing, there is no fun anymore is how I could start pretty much any of my stories. Uh, he just asked them, though, what about yours? They just say to him, the pictures are getting very lazy, by the way, at this point. They are becoming less and less detailed. There's no background. It's normal, it's average, it's being their family, presumably. Zach couldn't think of the word they. Nothing like yours. We have heads being mean to other heads, not much. And here, here comes the awful kicker. It's okay, though, because we're a family, but he might have been adopted? It's okay, because he might have been adopted. And apparently, in 10-year-old Zach's mind, adopted kids don't count? That's awful. I don't believe it now! Oh, that's awful, and it is awful, is once again, Zach knows what a joke is. He knows that the shape of a joke is make statement, subvert statement with unexpected outcome. But he doesn't realize the implication of what he's saying. <laughs> Which is this horrible statement about like, oh, well, I still love my family. But, you know, like if they weren't my family, whatever. That's not great. Young Zach includes a lot of things because he knows that's what books have. And I do think a lot of that came down to Zach sort of had at least an ego enough to him at the time that he thought that if he put all the right pieces there, then it was like official. Like maybe this book will actually get published that I wrote as a four-year-old that I, four-year-old, as a fourth grader that I, I, I had never really written anything before. Yeah, it's it, it. I didn't mention it in the recording, but it has a fake publishing company with a fake like it's a division of a larger company. But I use the word subdivision, which is of course a type of like building project. And again, Zach doesn't know why, but he knows that in books there is about the author <laughs> in the back. So Zach is a ten-year-old boy who is in fourth grade. He has one sister. He lives in Groton, Massachusetts, and likes Legos and models. He also likes soccer and bowling. That is a lie. He hated soccer, but he felt like young boys are supposed to like a sport. And he played soccer, so he must like it, right? His mom and dad have big families. Say, just S-E, what? the fuck? He has a lot of relatives. That's the point. All right. That's the end. I hope you guys enjoyed this garbage. Thank you for listening. Writing has always been something for me that I think it was when I was around in eighth grade. It was the first thing I'd ever really gotten told I was good at. And I wasn't. Maybe I was for an eighth grader. But getting that positive reinforcement despite it all was really meaningful to me and I think anybody who wants to be a great writer needs to somehow 
YouTube, they are great, even when they are terrible to stick with it. When I write and do it well, and it makes people happy, I want to do it more. Oh, if I could go back and talk to fourth grade Zach, I would tell him this is the best book that's ever been written and he needs to keep honing this skill because if he doesn't, he's going to give in to what everyone's been telling him and become like a lawyer or a politician or something. And that's not what the world needs. They need him in his little corner with his little box writing because he's not harming anyone. I read another thing from when I was like in fourth grade or fifth grade, which was a letter I wrote to myself at the end of high school. And at the end, or at the end of one of the paragraphs, Zach from that time wrote, I don't have very many friends. Do we have more? And it would be nice to tell him that, yeah, we have more. Or, yeah, and you've learned to connect with people on a more deep and meaningful way than having just common interests. I would just want him to to feel like he was good at something for five minutes so that he will stick with it for longer than five minutes because he needed that. Hey, that's going to do it for us today on Read It and Weep Show. I hope you had a great time listening to Zachary Shea's wonderful picture book that he wrote as a 10-year-old in fourth grade. Hey, if you go onto our Facebook page, you can find an album full of pictures from the picture book that Zach wrote and drew himself. Just search Read It and Weep Show on Facebook, and you can find us. Hit that like button while you're there. And as long as I've got you on the hook to search for us places, why don't you head over to your favorite podcast aggregator or app and leave us a five-star rating and a review so that people will find us when they're looking for podcasts to listen to. You know, part of the thing about being a part of something like this is you want other people to be a part of it. And that's how you can help make that happen. Share a link to an episode on your Facebook or on your Twitter and tell people to listen. Maybe you want to be a part of this in a bigger way, and there's two ways that you can do that. One, visit patreon.com slash readitandweepshow, and you can help support what we're doing financially. I put a lot of effort into this. I'm not begging you, but if you feel like you want to help alleviate some of the cost of what we're doing, if you're, in, if you're enjoying it that much, you can go to patreon.com slash readitandweepshow and become a monthly patron to the show. The other way that you can play a bigger part in what we do is you could be a reader. Maybe you have something that you wrote before you graduated high school or something that you've written that you have at least 10 years separation from and you think that it could teach people something or just be funny or whatever. We don't have another live show booked yet, but we will soon, and maybe you're shy and you don't want to be on a stage, but you could do a Skype call, or you live in the Madison, Wisconsin area, and you can come into the studio and we can do it. Any of those ways would work. The way that you could do it, uh, well, the first step, send me an email with pictures or typed out version of what you got. It's readitandweepshow at gmail.com, and we'll get it all worked out. The next Madison Story Slam is July 22nd at Rabinia Courtyard in Madison, Wisconsin. Come on out for a good time. And, as always, I hope that the people you are now learn something from the person Zach was then.